Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Wednesday, November 15, 2023. Stand up for your country. Busy Newsweek continues. Very important stuff going on in San Francisco, as you know. Um, there will be a press conference. I don't think she is going to participate in it this evening. Um, Biden will be late. It's scheduled for 7.15 Eastern time. He's always late, Biden. Maybe he'll shuffle in there at 7.45, 8 o'clock, but it doesn't really matter. For our purposes, I'm glad I'm going to get to watch it. I will tweet throughout uh, the president's press conference. That's at Bill O'Reilly if you want to get on that band. Um, and uh, it's a very important story, much more important than the corporate media uh, is letting on. Uh, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So 145 Eastern, uh, the president uh, was supposed to uh, participate in a greet with uh, President Xi of China. Of course, it was late. So never on time, ever, for anything. I'm not sure what the problem is, but I, I think that they basically have to walk him through every sentence. But I could be wrong. All right. Then the meeting started at supposed to start at two o'clock East Coast time, 11 West Coast time. But it didn't start then. I don't know when it started. They're behind closed doors. And as I said, the press conference will be this evening. And then uh, there'll be a uh, welcome reception for all the Asian leaders uh, in the economic summit in San Francisco. Now, the only thing we know for sure, and I believe uh, the reporting from Bloomberg is accurate, is that there was a tentative deal made that she and China would uh, try to stop the fentanyl manufacturing going on in China. In return, the United States would take a sanction off a China spy agency that terrorizes the Uyghurs, 
Those are Muslim Chinese in the western part of the country. Um, you know, look, she has said six times to us that he's going to crack down on fentanyl. He's not. All right, no matter what the deal is. And there's no way for us to monitor what Chinese government does. I mean, they go, oh, well, we're trying. It's like Obrador in Mexico. He's like, I can't do anything about the cartels. All right, we should do something about fentanyl. The United States. But no, no, no. We have to outsource it to President Xi. So it's a bunch of bull. Um, the previous times that she said he was going to crack down on fentanyl were 2016, September 3rd. All right, that was under Trump. 2018, 2019, again, August 2019, May 16, 2023, on and on and on. He's never going to do it, all right, because too much money comes into China from it. Um, so summing up, um, the meeting is good, even if it doesn't lead to anything concrete right away. The fact that the two belligerents, China and the USA, are talking makes the world a little bit safer. And we went over everything yesterday on the No Spin News. China's economy is not good. It needs our marketplace. Uh, if you are a premium or concierge member, you can get a transcript of what I say from every program here. Okay, but we did cover that in great detail. And that is uh, the memo this evening. So uh, a check. Republic news crew came over to cover the Asia Pacific Economic Summit and showed up in San Francisco. All right. So they uh, had their cameras out and they were shooting what they call B-roll. All right. Shots of the city. A vehicle uh, pulls up beside the cameraman and the producer and the reporter. Three guys get out with guns and say, give me everything you have, all your equipment, your wallets, everything. Boom. So they do what happens every day in San Francisco, armed robbery. So the check crew sitting there going, is this the United States? Yeah, yes, it is. OK, lost everything. Of course, no suspects have been arrested, even though there were cameras all over the streets. This was a main downtown San Francisco. Nobody's been. Oh, no. OK, and nobody will be. This is just unbelievable what is happening there. So last night I went on News Nation with Chris Cuomo and uh, they saw my condemnation of San Francisco and they wanted to talk about it. Roll the tape. In the last two weeks, almost all of these drug addicts and their shoddy tents and whatever else they were living in are gone. They disappeared because... The Biden administration told the leadership in California, you get them out before the economic summit begins, which is tomorrow, Biden and she, all the Asian leaders are there. You get those people out. Well, presto, they're gone. So you couldn't do that three years ago. You can't do that in New York City and L.A. and everywhere else where drug addicts are running wild killing the public safety you can't do it don't you want you to know where they it? put them and how they put them what if they, what if they no, made it worse for those not people? at all well good i don't think you have a constitutional right to be a heroin addict and commit crimes all day long to support your habit maybe i'm a mean guy i don't think you have the right to get 
a city and destroy all right, the inner workings of the city where children have to go by people with needles in their neck. I don't think that's a good thing. Where these heroin addicts go and meth amphetamine addicts, I don't care where they go. Yeah. And I don't. Of Cuomo, Cuomo, of course, does. They go, oh, no, they need help. They need this. They, they don't want help. Every survey, every study, every drug rehabilitation center will tell you the same thing. They want to live in a state of inebriation, and they don't care what they do. They want their drugs. All right. Do you realize that 80 percent of all incarcerated people in the United States, that is state, local and federal prisons, 80 percent are drug involved? Yeah. Oh, where are they going to (laughs) go? I went on in that soundbite to say, I don't care where they go unless it's my neighborhood and they're going to have a problem with me. And if every American felt the way that I do, there would be a stigma attached to these people. Yeah, a lot of them are mentally ill. Yeah, if they want rehabilitation, I'll gladly pay for that. All right? I'm coming at it from a self-protection and protection for the country point of view. These people are running amok. It's got to stop. China didn't have that problem. Does it? China's got 1.5 billion people. You don't see any drug addicts walking around Beijing or Shanghai because they can't. They're swept up. They're put in a camp someplace and the dealers are shot in the back of the head. China doesn't have a problem. We have a problem because we don't have the will to solve it. Well, these drug addicts, oh no, they're victims. No, they're not. They victimize us. Harsh? All right. The way I see it. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth, delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now, the truth. Let's go to Gaza. So the Al-Shifa hospital has been reported on 
This is the hospital where Hamas allegedly has a headquarters underneath it with arms and all of that. And it's a contentious issue because the Israelis have to go in there and there are people sick in the hospital. You know this story. So the Israeli um, army, defense forces say that they did find a cache of weapons, concrete evidence, the militants, the Hamas people have been operating in the hospital, but they're not going to show the evidence until later. That strikes me as a mistake. If you got the evidence, throw it on out. But again, I'm not there. Hamas says, oh, no, we didn't do anything. And Israel is just trying to persecute the pure sick people in the hospital. Okay, who knows? I don't think Israel gains anything by that. But that's the reportage. So most news agencies in the world are anti-Israel. And that includes the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation. Okay, England has a huge Muslim and Arab population. They control wide sections of London. And the BBC is pro, I'm not going to say they're pro-terrorist. That wouldn't be fair. They're pro-Arab. Okay, so they go on the air um, on November, um, about a week ago. And they are quoting a Reuters uh, report that uh, Israel is targeting Palestinian medical teams. Well, it turns out to be false. Their BBC report was false. So yesterday they had to apologize. Go. And now uh, an apology from the BBC. A BBC News, uh, as it covered uh, initial reports that Israeli forces has entered Gaza's main hospital. We said that medical teams and Arab speakers were being targeted. This was incorrect and misquoted a Reuters report. Yeah, OK, fine. But your uh, broadcast is worldwide. And, a, you know, most people heard what you reported initially. And now your apology is not going to be heard by nearly as many people as heard the accusation. This is a pattern at the BBC. This isn't like something, they're not covering the news in a fair way, and they never really have. That's what happens when you get a state-controlled news agency. All right, at Harvard, my alma mater, um, 100 faculty members assigned a letter saying the phrase from river to sea shouldn't be condemned. It's complicated. Oh, you know, how much more of this do we have to take up there in Cambridge? You know, from river to sea is code for we got to destroy the state of Israel. Everybody knows that. Except the 100 professors at Harvard. In New York City, three Jewish students are suing NYU, New York University, because they say that there's anti-Semitism on campus and it is threatening them individually. So the lawsuit was filed by Bella Engber, Sabrina Maslavi and Saul Hey, will. All right. And they are basically serious about this. I'm sure they got an attorney to work pro bono where there's no money out of their pockets. I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. I'm just giving you the story. They're going to take NYU into court. I don't think anything's going to come of it, but it's worth reporting. Um, one person who's been following all of this, the media, the situation in Gaza and all of that is uh, our pal Bernie Goldberg. Um, he um, obviously, as a Jewish American, has a very high interest in what's happening. And he's also, I think, one of the best media 
experts in the country. So Goldberg runs BernardGoldberg.com. And the reason that everybody should go there every day is very simple. It's BernardGoldberg.com. The more you go to Goldberg's website, the less he's out of the house. You want to keep him contained in the house. And he joins us now from Florida. Okay. That was a good one. That was I good. Always, I, I always work on the leads. Always work on the leads. All right. Middle East reporting first. Go. Let me make two broad points. The first one is, in the world of journalism, as you very well know, Bill, if it happened yesterday, it's old news. If it happened last month, it's ancient history. So nobody's talking in the media. Nobody's talking about October 7th anymore. Now the story is about Israel's supposed war crimes. And that's exactly the story Hamas laid out. Here's, here's how it starts out. What, did, what was their goal on October 7th, besides to kill as many Jews as possible? They wanted retaliation. They wanted massive, deadly retaliation. And they wanted, trust me on this, they wanted as many dead civilians as possible because they knew once the world saw that, once the world saw images of bodies being carried through the streets of Gaza, sympathy for Israel would dissipate Israel would become the bad guys and the Palestinians and even Hamas, even Hamas would become the victims. If this were a movie, Bill, instead of a real life war story, the writer, the producer, the director would all come from the ranks of Hamas because they saw this coming. They wrote the screenplay and the people who are carrying it out for them are journalists. One final point. Journalists overwhelmingly, again, you know this, Bill, are liberal. The younger ones are progressive. They sympathize with the so-called underdog. They think people of color are victims. Israelis are white people. So the coverage is going to tilt even in that direction against Israel. Okay. Um, Does that make sense? It makes sense. Uh, there is, though, uh, look, if you go and you look at the coverage in Europe, it's different, far different, particularly in Great Britain, than it is here. It's worse. So here, here there's a civil war about covering Gaza, and it has to do with the Democratic Party. So the Democratic Party is split about who the villain is. And now there's confusion on the part of the media, which almost 90% of it are Democrats, and they want to prop the party up. But when the Democratic Party is split, there's confusion. How do you see well, that? Well, I think this is the biggest story that's not being covered. Franklin Roosevelt forged a liberal coalition about almost 100 years ago. Blacks, Jews, young people, progressives, liberals, that coalition is falling apart. You know, a New York Times poll came out recently, and I'm sure your audience is aware of one of the statistics that Donald Trump leads Joe Biden in five of six key battleground states. That's very important. Understandably, it's got a lot of coverage. But another number, 22% of black people in those battleground states say they would support Donald Trump over Joe Biden. If 22%, if, if that number holds up, Joe Biden is gonna have a tough time winning election. If you add that to the ones 
the young people, the progressive people, the Jewish voters who are reliably democratic, then that means that coalition is cracking. It's bad news not only for Joe Biden, that's the least of it. It's bad news for the Democratic Party going forward. They would have a very tough time winning the White House for years and years to come if that coalition cracked. And it's showing big signs of cracking right now. But I don't know if that's Gaza generated. I think that's economics that uh, African-Americans are really suffering. Yes, yeah, yes. But but the the young people, the progressive people, the Muslim voters in Michigan, which is a key battleground state, that's Gaza related. OK. Um, and final topic for you is the leadership at America's universities. So we are seeing now in Cornell, Columbia, Yale, Harvard, MIT, I could go on and on, the top universities in the country, no leadership at all on the college campuses. They let these anti-Semites run wild. Yet, if you were a MAGA person, uh, and you had a I love Trump thing, you'd be in serious jeopardy on those campuses. You're, you're and the absolutely. presidents would not defend your right to do anything. You're now, absolutely right. hundred so percent. How do you read that? I mean, how did that happen? Well, I can't top what you just said. You just nailed it. Let me add a few layers to it. Let's say students on those campuses weren't supporting the destruction of Israel supporting Hamas in effect, but they said they wanted a rally in favor of the cop who killed George Floyd. Do we think university presidents would simply say, well, it's a free speech issue and pretty much leave it at that? What if Jewish students on a college campus got together and rallied and said, Palestinians don't have a right to exist, which is what the other side is saying about Israelis? Do you think university presidents would simply say, eh, we believe in free speech, we can't get involved in that? So my question is, oh, by the way, we know what they'd say. They'd say, shut it down, it's hate speech, it's not gonna be allowed. So my question, Bill, is why are Jews different? Why is it okay to put Jews in the crosshairs? Why is it okay for Jews to be intimidated and pushed around on campus? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know before this conflict between Israel and Hamas, that all of the schools that I mentioned, their presidents would have gone out of their way to praise Jewish groups because they're big fundraisers, right? Uh, a lot of Jewish alumni in all of those schools, and they would never have offended the Jewish people. But now they have taken uh, a 10 steps back and say, no, 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 it's not our responsibility to uh, have fairness on the campus. Because so we're gonna they're let, Yeah, we're going to let the radicals run wild, but the traditional people, you got to shut up. Go ahead. Because, because they're afraid of the radicals. They are literally afraid yes. of what the radicals might do on campus. But let me make one other point. I'm pretty much a purist for free speech. I know this is going to sound controversial, but I'm not against nasty speech. I'm against it personally, but I don't want people banning nasty speech or even hateful speech. 
You know what I'm against? I'm against cowardly, pathetic university presidents and other administrators who don't have the guts to say, we're going to let you speak. We're going to let you speak. But what you're saying is hateful and we despise what you're saying and you should be ashamed of it. At least say that much. Right. And At I, least provide you know, some context um, <laughs> for a point of view that is based on facts and history. All right. The website again is Bernard Goldberg, one word, dot com. Let's keep Bernie contained inside. So everybody go there and, uh, you know, always good to see you, Bernie. We'll have you on uh, in a few weeks. OK, good. Thanks, Bill. All right. Cheers. Um, so, you know, Catherine Herridge, she used to be at Fox. Uh, I know her very well. Good reporter. She went to CBS, chief investigative correspondent. Uh, she's involved in a lawsuit. So uh, a Chinese-American has sued the federal government um, for uh, slandering and uh, libeling her. Okay? Yam Ping Chen. She is a scientist and apparently was investigated by the FBI and others uh, while she was at George Washington University. And uh, nothing happened. No federal charges were brought against her. And Catherine Herridge uh, reported on the situation. Now, because of the lawsuit, uh, Ms. Chen want, and her lawyers want to depose Catherine Herridge to find out where she got the information she reported. And this happened in 2017 while she was at Fox. Okay? Herridge won't give it up. Okay? So now a judge has decided whether to put Herridge in jail. The prison. So very few people are reporting this, but I felt it very interesting. Uh, I'm going to follow it. I don't think Catherine's going to go to prison. I don't think so. It's a civil beef. Or if it was a criminal beef, it would be different. But uh, Catherine Herridge uh, is involved with this and will not give up her sources. In Michigan, a judge says Trump can stay on the primary ballot, rejecting the challenge, all of that. You know, I told you. I don't want to be a know-it-all because I'm not. I'm not a know-it-all. But we have a pretty good baseline of being accurate here at the No Spin News. And you know that. You wouldn't be wasting your time watching me right now. So we said, look, all of this far left challenging Trump on the state ballots is not going to lead anywhere. And so far, Minnesota, Colorado, um, now uh, Michigan, judges are just kicking it out because they know it's unconstitutional. 26 attorneys general urging Congress to pass a new law. The law is called the Immigration Enforcement Partnership Act, where states would have the legal authority to deal with illegal aliens. Okay, it would be a new law. Now, here are the states that are behind the law. Okay, let's see where they are on my sheet. I got them. I got them. Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, all conservative run states. No liberal states. Okay. So basically, the lawsuit is. 
federal government refuses to enforce immigration law. That is true. It's true. So the states go, we want the power, but Congress has to give it to us. That will never happen. The Senate, run by Democrats, will never pass this law because they don't want immigration law to be enforced. Okay? But it's symbolic. So I think uh, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, will introduce this. And then we'll see all the Democrats vote against it. Border Patrol, just in October, just in October, took 13 individuals into custody at the southern border that are on the terror watch list, federal terror watch list. 13, just in October. In the entire um, 2018 to 20, under Trump, okay? 18, 19, 20, three years, 12. We're taken into custody on a terror watch list. Three years, 12, one month, 13. Way to go, Joe Biden. Good job on the border. New York City, this is an outrageous story. This is so bad. I can't even tell you how bad this is. So three guys are on the subway platform in the Bronx. My um, sources tell me they're smoking pot. Anyway, they were smoking something. You're not allowed to smoke in the subways. Two New York City police officers approach them, tell them to stop smoking. They say F you to the cops and continue smoking. Cops say, okay, you're going to have to leave. A brawl breaks out. Three suspects beating on two cops. Okay? All right. And they're beating on them. So, backup comes. Three are arrested. Kareem McClary, Isaiah Jemisey, and the other one got away. I'm sorry. Two were arrested. One got away. All right. Two of the two officers uh, suffered minor injuries. So they take the two charged with assault in the second degree um, and a bunch of other stuff into court. They arraign them. The DA, Daryl Clark, okay, I'm sorry, Darcel Clark. I can't even read my own writing. Darcel Clark, uber liberal. All right. Ask for bail. Not a lot of bail, but bail on these two guys. Judge Eugene Bowen says, nope, lets him out. No bail. They beat up cops. No bail. So they got to come back December 18th. We will track it to see if they show up. And the cops are looking for the third guy. Now, this is why things are out of control in New York City. Imagine you're a police officer and, and you're in a brawl and you arrest the guy, they go in, and the guy is out in hours. That's not justice. Who The judge isn't protecting the public or the police department. Oh boy, just unbelievable what's happened in New York City, in New York State. And it's the governor's fault, as we talked about earlier this week. Okay, let's get a little lighter. Oh, that makes me so, I can't tell you how angry that makes me, that thing. Because my grandfather was a police officer. <sighs> Smart life, tipping. Now this is very, got a pen and paper and you always should listen and 
watch the Newsman News with pen and paper. We're going to give you the how to tip at Christmas time or Hanukkah, whatever you want to do. All right. Regular babysitter. What should you give the babysitter as a gift? One evening's pay. I guess babysitters get about 20 bucks an hour now in that zone. So you give them $100, okay, as a Christmas gift. Two, daycare provider. You send your kids to daycare. What should they get? Probably about 50 bucks for each person in there that will mind your kid. Okay. Um, third one is uh, housekeeper, cleaner. What should they get? One week's pay. But whatever you pay them a week to come in, they sh- that should be their gift. Barber, both beauty salon and regular barber, you give them the cost of one haircut or one treatment, whatever it is, as a Christmas gift. And this is all cash. All right, you give them cash. A newspaper delivery person, I, I, I tip mine well because I got a lot of newspapers coming in here every morning. I, I tip them well. It says here about 30 bucks. I would give more. That's a hard job. And these people are just trying to get by. All right, doorman, you live in an apartment, uh, doorman, um, about 100 bucks, all right, or a gift. You can buy a doorman a gift, but gifts are always dicey. Some people give bottles of booze or whatever. I, I, cash is probably better. Now, here's the big one. Trash collectors. Ah. So where I live, I depend on these guys because I got a lot of, you know, we're running three corporations out of my residence. And there's a lot of stuff that goes out uh, that these guys have to take away. So I give them, there's three of them. I give them 100 bucks each. Okay. And you know what? Most people don't give me anything. Most people don't give me anything. You got to get up early. You got to go out and get a little card, a little money in the card. And get but boy, I need, and then those, those guys are good. Um, you got a gardener, uh, you give them uh, 50 bucks. And uh, the final one is the post office guy. Now, it is against United States Postal Service rules to give them cash. Not supposed to catch cash. I'm not going to encourage anybody uh, to break the law. But sometimes, okay, I depend on my uh, male people, so we take care of them. Nobody's going to know. This day in history, November 15th, 1864, um, the March to the Sea, General William Tecumseh Sherman, and Lincoln uh, signed off on it, okay, began to pillage and uh, ransack the state of Georgia. Fascinating story. We write about it in Killing Lincoln. Okay, so there was a fight on November 22nd, okay, three days prior. It was between the Confederate cavalry and Sherman's forces. Sherman's forces overwhelmed. The Confederates retreated, but in doing so, they did scorched earth. They blew up bridges. They killed livestock. These are the Confederates, okay, so that the Union forces wouldn't get any of that. They wouldn't have any materials. Okay, so they disappeared into the Georgian countryside. The Confederates did. Then Sherman said, okay, we're going to uh, Atlanta, which he did. And on the way, they just pillaged everything, the Union forces. It was an amazing uh, path of destruction. 
took three weeks to go through Atlanta, down to Savannah. All right. Two billion dollars in damage, all civilian damage. Okay, Confederate forces did not confront Sherman's army. It was 100 million back then, adjusted for inflation, 2 billion today. Um, 25 civilians, Georgians, according to Atlanta Journal and Constitution, were killed by Union forces. Um, the march was uh, 37 days, and the Union forces took 1,300 casualties. Okay, so there were some skirmishes. And that was the march to the sea, which is, and that, was, that broke the back of the Confederacy, November 15th, 1864. Uh, that was it. And then the Grant confronted Lee in Virginia and Appomattox and the war was over. But it was, it was nasty. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and I'm back with mail and a final thought that I think, let me see what the final thought is. I should be able to remember, but I'm old. And uh, let's see, we got word of the day. We got, uh, okay. I went out to dinner last night. Where do you hear what happened? Right back. All right, let's get to the mail. We got Len Evans, um, British Columbia, Canada. Glad you're watching up there, you guys. Any reason President Trump was not at the pro-Israel protest. It would have meant a great deal. I don't know. I agree. Donald Trump should have been there. That would have helped him. Uh, Jerry, concierge member. Jerry gets direct access to me. We hope everybody will check that program out. Now that Christmas is coming, it's a good gift for yourself or anybody else. Bill, I disagree with you. The president of the United States is befuddled, corrupt, and evil. So many people in America are suffering because of Joe Biden. That is evil. Okay. I don't think he's an evil man. I think he is an incompetent man. Myrna, we don't have to decide if Biden is evil. He signs the orders that accomplish evil. There is no denying that a great deal of damage is being done. God decides who is truly evil. Excellent letter. The deity decides. But we decide if actions are evil. Luann Hirsch, Walnut Creek, California. I'm excited about the 99 cent turkey you bought, Bill. And I got that at BJ's, by the way. Some people have been asking, BJ's, 99 cents a pound. I make a game of shopping. I'll let you know if I beat you on the turkey price. Do that. Okay, we got a good deal. Can't wait to eat it. Jill Hitchens, Metairie, Louisiana, outside of New Orleans. I'm rereading Killing the Killers, paying closer attention to the Obama-Trump handling of ISIS. Just finished the chapters on Trump getting rid of al-Baghdadi and Soleimani. It makes me miss President Trump. Look, he did a good job at that, Trump. No doubt about it. That's history. Carl Baker, Indio, California, read Killing the Witches, loved it, learned a lot. I thought I had all the killing books, but I realized I was missing Killing England. Got it, read it in two days. I'm amazed about how much I didn't know about the Revolutionary War. And that brings us to all the killing books. You can get them all in the BillOReilly.com Christmas store, which is hopping. The No Spin Elves put together all 13 killing books in one bundle. And if you buy it, you get a free, it's not exactly a tape, it's a download of my live show a few weeks ago on Long Island. 
you're the only ones who will get this. So that's worth checking out. So you get the download of the live show, which you'll enjoy, and uh, all 13 killing books. We also have a new a promotion, Killing the Witches and Killing the Killers Together. Both two books together. $21.95. How about that? Great deal. And another one, the United States of Trump and a blue Merry Christmas America ornament, $17.95. So if you are a Trumper, you want to read the United States of Trump. And then to make your holidays brighter, I love those. I have all three of those, uh, of those uh, ornaments on my tree. They're good. So go to BillOReilly.com, Christmas slash Hanukkah store. Word of the day, no jabber knoll. No, don't be a jobber knoll. That's better. Do not be a jobber knoll when writing to me. Jobber knoll, J-O-B-B-E-R-N-O-W-L. Excellent word. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name and town if you wish to opine. I'm back with my dinner last night. Here is a final thought of the day. So last night, um, I was cruising around Long Island and decided to get a steak. I don't eat a lot of meat anymore. Once in a while, I'll eat a cheeseburger, but it can't be greasy. I got my cheeseburger places. And once in a while, steak, protein, you know, I need my strength. So I go into a restaurant, not fancy, but good food, and it's in a strip mall. It's not so many she-she places. I go in, I hadn't been there in a while. And I sit down, and I get the menu. A steak, not Porterhouse, not Kansas City cut, none of that. Just a regular steak. 51 bucks. Okay. Under Trump, that steak was $33. The 51, when you add tip and tax, takes you over $60 for the steak. No salad with the steak. Usually you get thrown a salad. Nope. No potato. No vegetable. Steak comes on a plate by itself. Very lonely, very lonely steak. Nothing else. Everything in the restaurant's a la carte. Now I'm sitting there going, is this piece of meat worth $60? And the answer is no. It's worth about $15 to $20. So, because I like the restaurant, I a little conversation. Well, labor costs and shipping costs and this and that. Okay. Now, it's my choice. I'm an American. Do I want to pay more than $60 for, and you got to have something with it. So the owners of the restaurant want to get a hundred bucks from every customer. That's their goal. You sit down, they want a hundred dollars. You drink easy over a hundred. All right. Now, what am I to think about this? It's never coming down. So Biden can say, oh, I'm bringing inflation down. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm going it's not coming down, okay? In the grocery store, few things will come down, but not many. 
Now, would I go back and buy uh, the $60 steak with no salad or potato or vegetable? No. I wouldn't. Just not worth it. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. See you tomorrow.